Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is also available for free at thejazzsession.com and in iTunes. About uh, a year ago, I decided to start interviewing people who book jazz in clubs and owners of clubs and managers of jazz clubs, um, initially in New York City, because it just seemed like the uh, the easiest place to do it. And then the show got so busy that uh, I didn't run those interviews, and they've, they've been sitting here uh, very beautifully and uh, waiting very patiently uh, in a folder on my computer. And it's, they're long overdue at this point, but I think just as relevant um, today to what's happening in the jazz scene in New York. So I'm going to bring you the first today in a, a short series of interviews with folks involved in jazz clubs, and I think there'll be more of these in the future too. This one is with Seth Abramson, who books the music for the Jazz Standard in New York City. And uh, I think many people have probably been there who are listening to this show. I always enjoy hanging out there, um, not least of which because it's below a barbecue restaurant, and really a jazz club and a barbecue restaurant in the same building are, for me, just about as good as it gets. If they just installed a sushi place right next door, we'd be pretty much talking heaven, I think, at that point. So uh, with no further ado, here's my interview with Seth Abramson from uh, Jazz Standard. My guest is Seth Abramson, the artistic director of the Jazz Standard, uh, one of the premier jazz clubs in New York, and it's my pleasure to have you here on the show. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Can you talk about, uh, this seems to be a question I'm leading off with these days, but can you talk about, uh, is there an underlying philosophy kind of behind the Jazz Standard and the kind of music that you book here? Yes, there is, and it's, it's overall, it's, you know, presenting the best creative music that we we can present, but within that, it's being a nurturing environment for up and coming, you know, jazz stars of tomorrow, so to speak, the people that are making an impact and have already begun to make an impact that are coming up and ha- giving them a platform to um, share their music and their voice, as well as giving a home to the legends in the music and allowing them to try something they haven't heretofore done before maybe a new project or just just giving them the freedom to you know come up with uh, a new idea something they want to they want to pursue um that said that you know those two things don't happen every single night as we're booking you know, you know uh 52 weeks a year you know every, every every night for the most part with the with a few closings each year but um so it so in, in between you no know, just always trying to find something find that marriage and walk that line between um the you know amazing talent and artists that will and and that talent that will also bring in an audience and and draw and keep 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 the doors open which knock on wood (laughs) you can hear that (laughs) has has been working what does a nurturing environment mean what goes into creating the kind of environment where artists feel like they can create I think it really involves a, a, a team effort with respect to everyone involved in the in, in the process here. That goes from the person that greets them at the door when they first arrive before their sound check to how the how the our sound engineer works with them and 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 cooperates and makes them feel comfortable. You know, making sure they have what they need on on stage and making sure that they're 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 comfortable. You know. 
on stage. First, when they come in the room, they're comfortable. They're comfortable in the dressing room, you know, it, it, and that the staff treats them courteously and and you know, just it's just basically common sense with how how it should how it always should be. I mean, what these you know, we're we're hiring them to to play the to play the club, and they're they're getting paid something obviously to come in here, and at the same time, they're sharing their their gift with us and their you know their their talent and creativity which you know is um is 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 amazing thing to share and we're grateful for that and recognize that even though there's an you know there's behind the scenes there's a contract and there's uh you know monetary exchange for that and they're making a living and all that stuff but but it is something special they're sharing their art in real time where you know in in a in a way that you know is unique so just recognizing that and and making them comfortable and making them feel like they're recognized for what their contribution is to this place i mean without without the artists there would be no there won't be a venue because then we couldn't we we you know people aren't just gonna come into uh if we just put on jazz cds you know they're not gonna fill the club <laughs> you know it's it's really it's it's who you're who you have on stage that's that's helping the draw people into the door along with everything else you're you're doing with right with the hopefully with the with the with the food and the hospitality can you talk a little bit about how the jazz standard got off the ground and uh that's totally fine if you need another beauty of this is ben street who is doing a podcast (laughs) here sorry ben hi ben how are you a a little thing going on out there so we just uh, do you need something in here? Are you, are you cool? All right. Thanks, brother. Yeah, I may leave that because who knows? Whenever somebody cool wanders into yeah. the room, you almost have to leave it. Um, but anyway, We're in can his you? Dressing room. So yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, his dressing room. It's not so not really his fault. It's only fair. <laughs> um, can you talk about how the jazz standard got off the ground? Uh, how it started and uh, and when? Sure. Well, um, to make a long story short, is the it was founded by. James Polsky originally, who um, just had a vision. He was he's he's a dr- he's a drummer, a musician too, but also um, uh, a foodie and happens to be the cousin of Danny Meyer. And he um, founded the club originally in '97, October '97. Um, just wanted you know to present um, great music. He was into you know classic blue note records of the 60s and a real you know an audiophile and and a real fan of of just the music and um so he uh successfully ran it for a couple of years and i got involved with him um about a year and after after he opened coming from the at that point for myself from the agency side and then subsequently after james had a had a couple kids he decided he wanted to get out of the day-to-day operations of running both he was he had founded the restaurant upstairs which at the time was called 27 standard which was a fine dining restaurant and and the club and now it as it exists he he sold it to danny his cousin and the opportunity was ripe for for danny who has been long um wanting to open a a barbecue a, a real barbecue restaurant in in uh in the city and then just 
the time was right for in the Mary the you know the jazz club America's you know great great music with America's great food barbecue and 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 Mary the two seemed like a natural fit so and the space worked and the location and everything for for Danny near at the time where most of his other not far within walking distance of his of his other restaurants such as Union Square Cafe and Gramercy Tavern Eleven Madison Park Tabla so. Yeah, I remember when I when I first heard uh, about the standard uh, upstairs changing to blue smoke, and I thought, man, that is that's brilliant. There's no no better choice than to put a great barbecue place right above a really good jazz club, and it has proven, I think, to work. <laughs> yeah, I th- you know, I think it, it's interesting. Danny's had the uh, has this amazing Midas touch, and there have been obviously a couple of barbecue restaurants that were. Were regarded uh, Virgil's and 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 some and um, another one that's name is escaping me right now. Forgive me out in um, Brooklyn or Queens, I think it is, that have been around for a while. Pearsons, I think, which is I think that's what it was called, which is I think not around anymore. But anyway, subsequently now there's there's a plethora of of real good barbecue in in the city, and they also do this barbecue. Um, festival music barbecue festival that I'm involved with every year that takes place in June involving all these great pitmasters from you know of course in, in town from from blue smoke and, and and hill country and 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 dinosaur barbecue to to um, Salt Lake from you know driftwood Texas and stuff along with the you know music so it's really interesting how the landscapes changed <laughs> since then and you know and that seems to be that something that that Danny has a knack for doing which is you know being uh, on on the, the the tipping point of uh setting a trend as far as not that he takes the credit as such but it just it does seem to work out that way I know uh you're a musician and you've got a long history in music in all all different levels both as a a, a player and on the agency side as you mentioned the label mm-hmm. side can you talk a little bit about how you came to be involved uh, in this club in particular Sure. Um, actually, it was I was on the other side of the fence, so to speak, working as an agent and running an, a booking agency, a boutique booking, a jazz booking agency in New York, and representing a lot of great artists at the time, from Abby Lincoln and uh, actually Terrence Blanchard, um, uh, Tommy Flanagan, and and. Uh, Farrell Sanders and, and Mose Allison and qu- quite a number of artists and also younger younger artists said like Terrence and, and Cyrus Chestnut and Jackie Terrence. I've never heard and, of any of those people. Then, <laughs> then, then, um, then uh, at the time I was, you know, I'd been doing that for a number of years and was was kind of ready to, to, you know, make a change and make a move career-wise. And, and I... Um, you know, I was always interested. I'd, I'd obviously traveled with artists to to various festivals and, and venues and stuff, and I was always interested in kind of seeing when you're when you're an agent, basically, and putting a lot of things together. You rarely get to see the fruits of those labor of that labor play out. You're 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 you hear about it, you know, from the you know presenter calling you and ideally, hopefully, <laughs> thanking you <laughs> and not calling <laughs> to get upset with you about something that happened. But um, uh, you know, but you don't, you know, you hear a lot about. The, about you know great shows that happen, but you're not you can't be at all of them because you have the shows going on all over the place, all over the ideally all over the country and the world. But so so um, you know I was interested in having more hands on and seeing the results of it um, in, in within its space 
you know, day in, day out, night in, night out. And, and the presenting side of it interested me. The other interesting thing of that is is that you could, you know, constantly be, be changing things. You, where, you know, when you're agency representing certain artists, you're, you have your staple of artists, which can be a great thing, helping them nurturing their careers and, and everything. But, but at the same time, you know, it, it's there's freedoms within that there's pros and cons and 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 it's and in this side you know you 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 can book an artist one year it doesn't mean you have to book them the next year and maybe you do maybe you don't and 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 you know it's up to just trying to figure out what what works best and um really seeing you know you can make an impact you know you can make an impact on both sides but but you get to really see more how how you're making that that impact overall with an audience and seeing the reaction of the audience which is um, something that uh, you know you can feel good about <laughs> Is there a uh, maybe a kind of a flow to how you book the club over the course of a year is there a, a pattern or do you say okay we've, I've done this for a while now i got to do some of this or yeah, how do you look I at think, a year and figure it out Right I th- you know it, it varies in, in, a, in a macro I mean a year is a long time, and in, in terms of the scope of, uh, a, a, you know, the club and an arc for someone to pick up on. So, I usually break it down more in, in month to month, week to week. You know how how the programming shapes up, and, and in, in the course of a month, does it make sense? In the course of a week, does it make sense? Am I am I do I have a good balance of, you know young artists coming up, established artists, legends, um, you know, even things such as like, okay, you know, male headliners, female headliners, making sure, because when you get caught up in the day-to-day of program, you think, oh, that's a great art, that's, that's, oh, this is great, this artist touring now is a new record, I like it, but that, they're, they're available here. You know, a lot of it, it's, dict- it's not always dictated by just when you want to you know, book an artist and have them play. Oh, I want you know, like Terrence Blanchard playing this week. Like, oh, I want Terrence Blanchard to play this week. It might be I want Ter- I want to bring Terrence Blanchard back. When is he touring? When is he available? When is he not in the middle of a f- doing a film score? When he's available to be on the road and with his artist. So, and when does he have a new? You know, maybe someone brings to New York or he's promoting a new CD release or something. So, so there's a lot of variables that go into the programming that come into play and it doesn't necessarily always fall into place perfectly like you like to in terms of in how you could how you might envision it and then sometimes it does and sometimes you pleasantly surprise yourself by seeing something I, that you can take credit for after the fact that you're like oh well, I didn't realize it but you know this if I book one more piano player here the entire you know month is all piano players so lo and behold you know let's have a piano series you know like like I mean there's I do put a lot of thought into it, and I and I can agonize over even a single night that's open that you want to, you know, book something that's worthwhile and not just throw something in there, so to speak, like not just fill the date, um, because you know I feel a responsibility to the owners here, to the to the artists, to the staff, to you know, and you know, to myself as well, as far as. You know, it's not my name that's in the ads or anything like that, but but it but it is, you know, something I want to be proud of and take pride in and and feel good about what I do. You know, that said, you know, you also you got to realize and understand that you're not, um, 
you know, you're not booking just for yourself, that you're booking for who your audience is and the audience out there and, and, and who is the audience of this, you know, for this particular room and what works best in this room. Because I may personally like something that, you know, you have to acknowledge yourself that, you know, but that's, that's great and it's great to go hear that here or great to hear that there, but that doesn't work in the jazz standard that's not the right music for the for this room and what people are expecting and what they're think you know what works when people are sitting there eating a plate of ribs you know um so there's a lot you know then then i look to put together some you know as i said at the beginning unique things that are exclusive to this club unique whether it's like a unique festival such as we just did this catalan um festival in 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 may we do the festival new trumpet music um, which has become uh, kind of an annual event. Um, I've worked with a number of um, consul, other besides besides Catalan, uh, uh, other um, consulates and organizations to, to bring in Igars from the you know Polish Institute or, or, or what have you, where we where we did something. Um, so it's just constantly being open and trying to figure out, you know, there's a lot of competition in, in, the, in New York as well in terms of, you know, say think of it as direct competition, but I'm just mean, you know, there's a small pool of art, jazz artists who are at technically, say the, say the top in terms of their notoriety, in terms of their audience draw that everyone, you know, is vying for in terms of the, the major, major clubs. So you have to be creative because there's not, uh, you know, there aren't 52 of them out there, and that would be if they, you were playing, you know, six nights, having each artist play six nights a week, and we have artists, you know, many weeks where there's three or four or even five or more artists playing here a week, so. Sure. The club has now been open long enough that people who were kind of right on the cusp uh, 10 years ago are noted jazz artists now. Are there some of those people that you've seen who are now coming back and they're in a whole different place in their careers? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, people quite a number of people I mean like you know from Bill Charlap who I think played his first multi-night engagement here Luciana Souza um, did um, did Kurt Rosenwinkel's first major uh, label CD release here Um, Guillermo Klein we had a residency here for um, like six months uh, a number of years ago um so there are num- it's really yeah it's really nice to see that and and you know it's also interesting and in, in, and by the same token you hear the up and coming artists that have been influenced now the new generation so to speak that's influenced by guys that you were booking um, you know who are, are now you know decade older or something and and hearing you know so, oh this guy oh that's He's got get uh, you know his drum sound is oh what he's doing is similar to this guy he's definitely influenced and then you talk to the artist and they're like oh yeah I love I study with him and whatever you know but I mean everyone's always striving for their own individual voice and stuff but but it you know so there's like a it comes full spectrum full circle and you see guys like Terrence too I've known for quite a number of years a cyclist to twenty years now I think um, and how he's you know comes back over the years with different projects and, and bringing up different uh, great young artists through through his band and 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 sort of giving them um, a platform both in contributing 
via not just their playing but also their compositions within the within the within a group or on the record or in a fil- on a film for a film score or something. So we should mention that as we're recording this interview uh, in an hour and a half or two, Terrence Blanchard is playing here, which is why we keep keep mentioning yeah, him. These I obviously won't that. air at the same time, so uh, we won't just go right into Terrence after we yeah, finish yeah. speaking. Um, This is an obvious question, but it's probably worth asking. Are there some moments in your time here that really jump out at you, some things you saw that you said, that I'm glad I was around for for that performance? Yeah, there definitely are. I mean, there's been some magical moments here that, you know, you get the goosebumps and all that stuff, and, 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 you know, you're like, yeah, this is why why I do this. It's like, you know, these moments that happen and, and... you know, I'm not going to do them all justice because I'm not going to remember. There have been many of them, and I'm not going to remember them all off the top of my head at the moment. But I you know, think back to some, you know, moments where like Illinois Jaquette was receiving a mayoral proclamation here. We did his 80th birthday celebration, and of course, he's since passed on. Um, you know, it's nights with Frank. I think of guys immediately that come to mind that have passed that unfortunately no longer here. Like you know, for Frank Morgan who recently passed and just had just a beautiful, rich, warm sound that was just, you know, uh, from, you know, because he came up at the same time with Bert. I mean, he he, he was living and breathing it. And he, he just heard the whole history of the music and, and, and his sound of one note. He just had that. And, um, but then, um, you know, most recently, even a situation where, like, Branford Marsalis was here with his um, group, and and his regular drummer Jeff Tane Watts wasn't on the gig. He introduced actually this this young guy who's literally still when he played here. He's since graduated high school this in, in June, but when he played here in May, he hadn't even graduated high school yet. Eighteen year old drummer by the name of Justin Faulkner. I'm sure everyone's going to be hearing a lot more from. And that, and that show was YouTubed uh, pretty widely, too. I've seen a lot of Justin Faulkner yeah, uh, I think, yeah, <laughs> out there and, on the internet. And he was, you know, i got to be, I don't know what the FCC rules are, so I'll be... I'll be uh, there are the none. <laughs> the podcast, but he, he was kicking the, you know what, of, the, of everybody in that band. And, you know, he just brought this, like, young, ferocious enthusiasm to the bandstand that you could tell everybody up there was uh was enjoying and that was interesting to see because that was this was his big moment you know like in in the in the, you know headlining a major new york club with the stature of brand from marsalis who had met him at at um actually doing a doing a clinic at 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 his high school or something and heard this kid playing drums with this with this with this band that you know that he just was immediately you know, I think at the time Justin was 16, and 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 Branford made a mountain note of this kid, and you know, there he was getting an opportunity that who knows if he ever envisioned. But but that's that's very cool when you see stuff like that also happen, where you where you witness something that you know, see someone that's definitely got a bright future ahead of them, and 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 first making their mark, you know. My guest is Seth Abramson. He's the artistic director of the Jazz Standard uh, Jazz Club in in New York City, right under a wonderful barbecue restaurant. And uh, Seth, it's been a a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for doing it. Thank you, Jason. It's been a pleasure. Anytime. My thanks to uh, Seth Abramson and the folks at Jazz Standard for uh, making that happen. My name is Jason Crane. This is the Jazz Session, presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. 
Every episode of the show is also available for free in iTunes and at thejazzsession.com, where you'll also find Amazon links to purchase the music that you hear on the show, and a little bit of your purchase price comes back to the Jazz Session, and you'll find a donate button. If you feel like the show has added some value to your life and you'd like to give something back, feel free to do so using the safe and secure PayPal donate button. My first collection of poetry is now available from Foothills Publishing. You can find out more at jasoncrane.org slash store, jasoncrane.org slash store. I'm also doing a series of appearances, mostly in the kind of East Coast area. And if you'd like to come out and see me read, I hope you will. And you can find out all the details at uh, jasoncrane.org. My thanks to the members of the Respect Sextet for their help with the theme music for this program. You'll find them at respectsextet.com. They're also performing all over the East Coast, and you should go out and check them out. Thanks also to Dave Vrabel, who designed the show's logo. Thank you so much for listening. Please go out and support live jazz whenever and wherever you can, and come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.